Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode six of Heroic Stats and Any Heroics podcast. Uh, my name's Stephen. I'm here with the artist formerly known as Intern, uh, David Farmer, and also Jordan O'Brien. Um, welcome. Firstly, thank you. Uh, if you haven't been here before, uh, we're here to talk about the events at previous weekends, specifically the weekend just gone. Uh, this is a weekly podcast. Um, also, all things hobby related and just generally good crack. Is that the right way to say it? Comment down below, Irish people. Uh, only if you're Irish. Don't comment if you're not Irish. <laughs> crack. So, firstly, just you've got to be, just got to give a bit of gas, Stephen. It's all good. Bit of gas. Bit of gas. Firstly, uh, what's everyone been up to on the hobby front? Oh, what haven't I been up to on the hobby front? The answer is not a whole lot. Yeah. I painted my single wood elf. Oh, big. I yeah. It was actually it. really, really, really easy. And I kind of enjoyed doing it, which makes me think I might want to paint more wood elves. Was but this the one for the, for the doubles? Yeah, for the doubles event. The single wood elf I had to paint. Spoiler alert. I painted up a, a, a small 450 point wood elf army years ago um, and it was really fun to paint it wasn't very good to play with but it was fun to paint it was all throwing daggers and stuff pajama yeah, pie they're worse now unfortunately because they're more expensive well I mean, this, been... this was in this edition this was into the west uh, 2020 shortly before the pandemic it was how dare this was also shortly before the nerfs to alliances so how they can only lead 12 because he was only a hero of uh, 42 at the time so it was him and a wood elf captain uh in pajamas max bows and then i just banged uh you know two-thirds of the mud spears and i filled everything else up with throwing daggers not very good use of the points but it was quite fun to play with not very good though that's not a good anecdote but there you go <laughs> i see john's already taking the uh the promotion to heart with the purchase of blue cocktails jesus christ we're paying him too much already well, hey. There we go. I've been um, pretty busy hobby-wise in my two-week hiatus from the pod. Okay. Uh, I've now finished all the converting for my 50-model Angmar army. Started putting some paint on a full nine Black Riders. Oh. Four scenarios. Uh, <laughs> painted up. Well, uh, for a scenario. I, sw I swear. I swear they're for scenarios only. Uh, <laughs> started painting up Stevens. Bill the Pony, Barnum and Butterbeer and Harry Goatleaf for scenarios as well. I are you after... painting... You are painting my Bill the Pony then? Yeah, I thought... I don't know if he's actually in the rules for the scenarios, but I feel he like we can somewhere. just... We can he's just in throw the... him in. Like... He's in the squad. You know, he's yeah. in the pack. You might yeah, as well. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we'll cut Alfred or somebody from our fantasy fellowship and bring in Bill. Because Bill the Pony definitely does canonically get eaten by the Watcher in the water, so... Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's no, implied. Um, Jordan, what have you been up to? We haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, I'm just still on the Serpent Horde currently hype in that I'm still waiting for an order of loads of Farharad to come through before I can do that. Uh, I'm doing a lot of like uh, spraying black uh, and then dry brushing grey and then white for the old slap shot contrast paint method of painting. There's a lot of like grey to white scale miniatures currently on my desk. Uh, waiting for some actual colours to hit them. You um, you also look a bit like a French cat burglar slash fisherman at the moment. Well, if you had noticed, <laughs> I've also got a new... I often wear the same hat for a long time. This is a new hat that I've got on. Yeah. 
So that's also exciting. Mm-hmm. If you're not watching, if you're not watching the podcast uh, in video mm-hmm. format right now, would recommend stopping to see Jordan's hat update. Great content, man. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news on the pod. Breaking news. <laughs> it's all it's all going on. Uh, Never mind the incoming it. FAQ. It's uh, Jordan's hat. Actually, incoming. What I've been, uh, I've basically just been trying to wait till some inspiration hits before I do any more hobby. So, guess we'll see. Hold this space next month or run a new army, and you'll be like, "Whoa, what's this?" Come to Cambridge with some narrative scenarios, Dave. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Moving right. swiftly on, should we yeah. look at the first first event of the weekend? Let's do yeah, it. Let's what look at the first event of the weekend. I assume it's the ninety. We're covering three 90s this week. Uh, there was an 80 as well, but we thought kind of nine list was already quite a few to bring you. Um, yeah. If you want to know the 90. If we have then... to get anything, it has to be an 80, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just one. We're not, we're one not winning the league with an 80 win, let's be honest. Well, none of <laughs> us here are winning the league. Given this is a... Uh... Oh, all right, John. Uh, given that this is a, a, a <laughs> Sorry, podcast, that makes sense. Sorry to Callum Slater and his flight to the Ford. So, uh, Borden Brum, West Midlands Gaming Centre. Uh, Winter War, GBHM 90. Borden Brum, uh, now TO'd by Dan Scott. I think it has previously sometimes been TO'd by him, but he's he's kind of taken the helm there. Uh, it was a two-day event, 800 points, five games. Veto in pools, but with no Maelstrom, so every uh-huh. pool was used once. That is honestly um, my ideal tournament setup. That is so good, in my opinion. I'm surprised and... we didn't see a lot of five games only memes popping up. <laughs> only five games? What? Uh, 17 I think that might be total. too much of an in joke between us. Yeah. <laughs> Most sporting was Lee Crosby, and best painter was Jordan Bladen. Uh, Dave, don't get PTSD from the upcoming uh, best painted pictures because um, it was a Galathrim. Uh, Erebor reclaimed alliance uh, with Biffa, Galadriel, and Thorin. Um, some lovely work on the shields there. Uh, photos courtesy of Dan Scott earlier today on Facebook. Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, shout out, Borden Brum. It's where I won my first ever GBHL tournament. So, um, holds a special place in my heart. Um, I've, I've interviewed Borden Brum tournaments. I like them a lot. I like the area. I'm from there. It's yeah. It's, the, the, the venue is. Uh, not super glamorous, but actually quite nice. Yeah, it does exactly. I think it's the best way. It's a Ron Sill job. Yeah, it, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It does uh, everything you want and nothing less. But yeah, so if you're not viewing this in YouTube or video format land, uh, there's some very, very pretty elves and dwarves in a yellow alliance currently on your screen. Um, yeah, the Galadriel in particular is really nice. Like the robes look quite simple, but. The Galadriel herself just looks really neat and really clean, like clear demarcation between the hair and the robes. Really yeah, nice. Yeah, pa- painting white is actually surprisingly difficult. Um, although uh, negative points for using the new Galathrim court guard models because the old ones are much better. He's got some of the old ones, <laughs> isn't he? Or am I measuring that? Uh, no, yeah. those are all new models. Yeah, well, a th- he's also got the 3D print mounted Thorin, but that's also a model that doesn't exist and potentially costs quite a lot to convert. So I don't think anyone would hold that. Yeah, you. he's got the, he has the nice Azog uh, diorama Thorin for the foot version as well, which I really like that yeah. model. Yeah, that really is nice. my favorite Thorin pose. I like yeah. that one, and I like the uh, alternate Thorin's company version, the Forge World one, where he's like yeah. really. Sh- Those ones are great because they're correctly dwarf heighted. The plastic ones are too tall, whereas he's like a tiny little dwarf, and I love it. Yeah. Looking at like this. 
yeah. Anyway, that's my personal thing. Dave repping the short kings. Um, yeah. Let's look at third place. Stand up for Jordan. <laughs> uh, so third place was a Angmar list ran Ooh. by Robert White. You'll notice our new use, um, a new way we're presenting the army list. So we're now sponsored by Tabletop Admiral. Uh, go check them out. Um, <laughs> so in this Angmar list... Are we? If we keep saying we're sponsored by people, somebody. Oh might yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've just got to keep keep the train rolling. Um, so this Angmar army is eight hundred points, forty-seven models, zero bows. He's got the Witch King with three might, fourteen will, three fate, a horse, the crown of Morgul, and a Morgul blade. Um, he's leading five Angmar orcs with shield. Two orcs with two-handed weapons, seven orcs with spears, two wild riders, and a deadmau spectre. Then he's got the tainted, leading five orcs with shield, five orcs with spear, an angmar warg rider, a wild warg, and a deadmau spectre. Then he's got a shade, just chilling on his own, an angmar orc captain, leading four more orcs with shield, one with a two-handed weapon, four orcs with spear, one orc with a banner and spear another Warg Rider, a Deadmau Spectre, and finally rounding things out, he's got one Orc Captain on foot. What do we think of this kind of Angmar in general in the meta, and then this build in particular? I think that Angmar is a good choice for 90s because you get less people taking true meta, but Angmar has always been, well, lately at least, has been occupying what I would call like a, a rung, like a strong but not meta rung where it has too many strong counters that if you're not anticipating people rolling them, Angmar is actually has a lot of tools. What I would say about this is, this is a weird build, um, particularly the two individual warbands with nothing in them. Having said that, if you know there's going to be no Maelstrom, you don't have to worry about having your shade on his own because it's like it's basically just free drops. Having said that, again, I wouldn't put the shade on his own. Yeah. I'd put the shade with, with the warband because if you have two two captain drops, that just makes so much more sense to me. Because the shade has to be with the orcs anyway. You can't put the shade down before you know where your battle line is going. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah the shade should Dave? be your last last drop to then counter yeah. your opponent's positioning. Then again, the that most may, yeah that that may be the logic because it's uh, you've got a line of a line of orcs. You you pop down your orcs, so it's going to be a long line. It's got forty seven models, and then you can be so like, you, okay, then you drop the shade where you want it. Would you not have like dropped the Morgul blade even for like a single orc with nothing on just to make the forty eight for the break point? Morgul yeah. is 10 as well, so yeah. you could easily afford. You could get probably field, even in two, just uh, one orc yeah. or something like bit of a uh, upgrade one to a wild rider, maybe. I guess maybe yeah, the consideration like, in this list. Morgul mm -hmm. Blade, I've never seen that being used yeah. ever in, in my year and a half of playing. He doesn't have a huge amount riders, of but... punching power in this list, yeah. so maybe the Morgul Blade helps with that against kind of big stuff. Double yeah. Wraith is definitely an interesting yeah. choice um, because. Uh, they, people basically never do this in Angmar. Um, like, or they'll have the Tainted on a Fell Beast, maybe, uh, or the Witch King on a Fell Beast, if they're going to do that. Because it's a great casting, but uh, most people think, I think probably you might get better value here. If you drop the Morgul Blade, drop the Tainted, drop one of the Captains, and take a Barrow White Birder instead. Hmm. Yep. Because yeah, then I you have that. that, that would add up to, I think that would actually, I think the Birder's cheaper than the Tainted, actually. Yes, um, yeah, I mean, you could get a few more guys. I don't know, like, Bird, obviously, you, Gullivar, <coughs> John is a massive Gullivar fan, 
But I feel like Birdo and the uh, the Shade go so well together because it you're not doing. He can basically hang out with the Shade and be like, "All right, I'm the boss. I've outfight basically anybody. You you know your heroes can't go near him because the Shade is too scary." Um, how, how would you approach playing against a Shade, Dave? Uh, well, if you have magic, it's easy. You can just well, I say easy. It, you just compel it and turn it off with transfixes as much as you can and then they have to spend will to resist which is less turns they can activate it um shades are annoying but you got to remember these are all strength three orcs mm. like if you have a d6 line uh you're gonna outgrind that no you know you may not outgrind it but you it's not gonna go through you quickly either all you got to do is send your heroes where their shade isn't and let them chop up orcs because this isn't all gonna fit in the shade bu bubble I think this is a decent list, though. I think this is going to come down to how well you can use your your wraiths. Yeah, and I, I mean, clearly, like three spirit bubbles for the three inch terror causing as well. So there's a nice yeah. I mean, that's going to be covering the whole board realistically, the whole the whole yeah. line. Yeah. Um, just because you can just spread them out neatly. I, I I think I'd like to have a Barrow White in this. I think Angmar with the three specters doesn't need two wraiths. You can get away with just the Witch King. Three specters, and uh, then you can have Birder instead, and then a Barrow White instead of one of the captains. You don't really yeah. lose out on much. You lose two might, but I think that would be more cookie cutter, but probably stronger. Having said that, I think this is interesting. I like it. Shall we move on to the second place list? Sure. Yeah. Second place what? is a list after my own heart. I've taken this yeah. to a few tournaments, including the teams where any heroics had. Some nice success. Uh, so yeah, Ian Kelly do. is running the Vanquishers and the Necromancer. He's got five models. They're broken oh. after you kill three, quartered with one remaining. Uh, mm. In his list, he's got everyone who you'd expect, Saruman the White, Gandalf the Grey, Galadriel Lady of Light, Elrond Master of Rivendell, and Raddy Daddy himself, rather than us, the Brown. I I think this is a really interesting um, the way he's built this list. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Because the fact that the single hero fortitude isn't at the bottom of the list is really weird to me. <laughs> I that, um, that may just be the order that the names come up in on a table. Yeah, I would assume so. Sponsored. Stuff better order, mate. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's AM or PM. <laughs> um, <laughs> So depends on where you are. Depends on where you about, are. About the list, it's uh, eight hundred points. So Vanquish is always an option. Veto and no Maelstrom is immediately like if you're looking to be competitive, Vanquishes immediately jumps to the top. If you do yeah. that, like that's that's like a, a perfect storm of good things. Basically, you're looking at well, which, um, which Dave, which scenarios are you are you getting rid of as a Vanquish? You're, get, you're getting rid of whole ground. And the whole come on the battlefield immediately without the They're not coming up, yeah. The whole ground is fine for this. Um, come on the battlefield is pretty much a guaranteed loss, I think. I don't see how you win that unless you get extremely lucky it, with enemy courage tests. To be fair, I, hold ground with vanquishers can be not terrible. So if you that's come what on I'm second, saying, yeah. uh, if you come on first, it's rough, but you can use uh, everyone's foresight points to try no, and they wouldn't have to play hold ground. You, you can't, can't use foresight no. points if you're not on the board. Oh, so anyway, as, as Jordan points out, there's no point talking about that because it won't yeah. matter. So which of the other pools would you veto? So you've got to get rid of recon. Recon has to go because you can't win against most yeah. armies. You've got to get rid of... I'd get rid of domination because uh, capture control and breakthrough are both winnable for this. More winnable than domination. Um... I'd get rid of 
Um, destroy the supplies, I think. What's the third object one? Retrieve. Uh, yeah, destroy I the supplies is quite nice. Is, is fine with anxious. I'd, I that or retrieval. You want to play seize the prize, but you don't. You don't really want yeah, to play. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, um, the maneuvering didn't we? Kill the enemy. It literally doesn't matter. But I'd probably get rid of contest or to the death because the banner. Um. Yeah, the issue uh, with contest yeah. is the fifty-fifty move off at the start hampers you. Yeah, slightly, it can but... it can be a sketchy one, but realistically, but... they should still win it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then for uh, unique. It depends what you're up against, but I think probably you don't want to do Fog of War. I think you'd rather do Assassination or uh, yeah. Flash, unless they have a shooting army that could actually scare you somehow, which is not yeah. that likely. I mean, Vanquishers is Vanquishers. It's incredibly fun to play, pretty miserable to play against. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd be interested to know which game he lost, if he lost a game. But I assume mm. he did because there's 17 players. Yeah. I would imagine probably um, the objective one, but. It'd be interesting to find out. I always think taking Nabos is an interesting choice as well. In... Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Saruman's got 18 inch range spells. You're, you're, you're same range as orcs. Right. Should we look at the winning list? Yeah. So... Let's go. Mr. Alex Richardson, Giga Chad. This taking... I really like. This I'm really a fan of. He's playing Something 10 we... points under. As well, which also I noticed. Yeah, that's really good fun. So this is Men of the West. Meme tier lists widely derided been, by everybody. He's been trying this for a long time, by the way. I've yeah. seen Facebook page me like long chunks, like his, <laughs> his place on there, and he's been trying to do well with this list. And he, I think he has done before as well, like well, but not not a win. So, uh, this list, if you don't know, is the foot men of the West, foot all foot outside uh, the Black Gate, 800 points. He's got, well, sorry, 790 points. I think that's a mistake, or possibly we're missing something from this. Uh, 34 models, three bows. Uh, he's got Aragorn King LSR on foot, leading a 16 more as a Ministerith for shield, 12 of which have spear. He's got a captain of Ministerith, uh, eight warriors of Ministerith with shield, five of which have spear. Then he's got Eladan and Elra here with heavy armor. And then he's got for AMR, which is an interesting choice, uh, and some warriors of Rohan. He's so definitely he's got... got space in war bands for another model, at least. Um, for your information, guys, sorry, I believe that he lost pool five, which was maneuvering. Yeah, that would that he was lost it to Alex Richardson. Yeah, oh, okay, sure. So, um, this list beat so, yeah. just to finish and, up. He's got he's got Warrior of Rohan with shield and throwing spears, three Warriors of Rohan with bow, and then one Warrior of Rohan with nothing. So, the way it's set up implies that at the very least, either we're missing something or he definitely thought he was. On point. Uh, maxed out. It's possible that uh, Captain Administrath had a shield and Aemir had a shield, uh, possibly. So the, the 10 point difference is because I think Alex had put, um, but paying 10 points each for Eladan and Elrahir's heavy armor, okay. whereas Tabletop Admiral only put 10 points for heavy armor, plural. So I'm not yeah, sure we... which is correct. I'm just trying to look so, it up now. That is correct. According to, yeah. according to... 10 to post. Time for both, according to the army composition. But anyway, I was thinking, like, obviously, there's not really much. If it's a mistake, there's not much point in talking about how you can improve it because you could have shields on the captain and AMA. You could have uh, another warrior. You could have throwing spears. You could do all sorts with it. Like, or you, you, you don't bother with the whatever Mario thirty four models do. You just yeah. leave the breakpoint the same. Uh, you give, you know, you exactly, one more model wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So he's 
this is interesting because Men of the West is not a very powerful legion. It the main problem with it, as I see it, is it um obviously everything has to be on foot, but you get some pretty nifty heroes. The biggest problem is it forces you to take Minas Tirith with Minas Tirith and Rohan with Rohan, and you can't none of the other elves or anything can lead anything else, can lead any of the troops, which seems completely counter to the entire point of that scene, but it's just how the list is written. I think it's so good that he's done that. Yeah, exactly. He's just dropped the, like, I don't know, Mike Caddies, and, like, that's all they're going to do for the list, really. And they can chop through troops, but, like, the fact that he's taken those two off heroes and just literally gone, no troops with them. Cool. Well, they can't lead any troops. Yeah, exactly, but, like, I think that's quite cool that he's done that. Because he could have taken another captain or whatever and, like, boosted his numbers massively. No, I don't know here, there as well. I think... He's you... opted for the um the three attacks cheap heroes option. So Amir is the cheapest of the other three attack heroes. I, I think maybe Gimli is another choice, but Gimli can't lead any troops. So I see the choice there. Um, and Amir has three wounds. It's slightly more durable. Um, I I, I think this is funny. I I don't know. There's no real sort of true way to build this. I think it's fascinating to see. Um, I guess the, the real point of this list is you're playing around using your big heroes to kill stuff, uh, but they don't have horses, so they're never going to kill stuff at an absolute rapid pace. It's more like a set up right, grind out correctly, and uh, when the stars align, you can make it work. I also, right. I think what's really happening is someone's got this list that they really want to win the tournament with, and they've just done really well on the weekend with it. Yeah. That's cool. Is yeah, it, which I think is really cool is that someone's gone. No, I backed this list and I'm going to take it, and they've just gone. Yeah, matchup scenarios have all worked out well, and yeah. they've done well. I mean, with it. Like, it's not um, it's not like completely worthless. Like you do get a one-off plus one fight value bubble, which is pretty cool. It means your hero's got fight seven, um, which is useful if you have a chance to gank something. You know, you can take advantage. Aragorn has. His six-inch bubble of rerolls, which is part of his profile, but it's still there. Everything's fearless. You don't have to worry about courage while Aragorn's alive. It's not horrible. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it is horrible. That's what's cool about <laughs> it. But uh, if you were to, if you were to allow the troop crossing, I think this would actually be playable. And if you were allowed to mount the heroes, it would actually be kind of kind of neat. Um, but that's not what we're here for. This is a meme list, and I think Alex is a beast for pulling it off. Good job, mate. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, shout out, Alex. You've been trying this for a while, and <laughs> you pulled it off now. It's paid off. Should we look at our next tournament for the weekend? Yeah, let's do it. What, well Alex? So we've got clubbles, or oh, as we're, 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 we're some people in the trade call it David Hawkins. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty certain that's who it is. I know. Wait, is this the cursed Photoshop? Oh, uh, it is. So yeah, this is actually <laughs> their faces from each photo swapped. Um, <laughs> But yeah, hilariously, uh, the name everyone, tags are now correct. Everyone who's seen them would know <laughs> that Dan Hawkins is the slightly shorter one. Yeah. What are you trying uh, to say? So this was a GBHL <laughs> 90 held in North Bristol at Almondsbury Village Hall. Uh, the TOs were Dan Clubley and David Hawkins. It was 800 points split between two 400-point armies with five games across the weekend. Uh, most sporting was won by Kelvin Harvey and Steve Daniels. And best painted was Chris Webster, 
who kindly sent us some photos of his lit army, oh, lit army. So oh. got a very nice looking dwarven display oh, board. Yes. Um, We've seen this nice. one before. This was at the yeah. finale, yeah. Uh, the GBH finale last year. It's yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I played this guy at the uh, team event and he was an absolute gent. Big yeah. fan. Really Amazing. nice differentiation between his kind of it's not a king champion. What they called the upgraded Guardians Grim, of the Grim King. Hammers? Guardians yeah. of the King. The, the Grim Hammers yeah. from Thor's War Band of the Guardians of the King. They're all painted yeah, gold. Yeah, and the, the other yeah, one. He had some Grim other ones in the war, in the army as well with terrain, and they were all silver, and it was just amazing. Yeah, it's a really nicely one. done, nice well, display so it's, board. It's got well really, painted. really cool head tattoos, hasn't it? Yeah, his uh, his terrain, and I believe. Oh, is this the Dwalin head tattoo one? He did yes. have a, a Dwalin on his board. I don't know if it's in the, these yeah. pictures. Uh, but yeah, the, his yeah. terrain and lots of them. I mean, if, if you can see this, obviously it's something you can't, but that banner is yeah. custom and it is amazing. He did a great yeah. job with is that. It, is it freehand or is it like printed? No, it's freehand. He he tooled it to bend the bar yeah. and then he attached yeah. it with little bits. It's very cool. Amazing yeah. just to look at. That is really nice. Really, yeah. for anyone who's watching it, it's a banner painted in, who's not watching, sorry, is painted in the style of the like, original Hobbit book cover, that kind of yeah. painting that Tolkien did himself. It's really, really cool. Really it's nice amazing. Done. Wonderful. Yeah. Well deserved. Right. Let's look at third place. If the intern can get the, the things working. So we have a really kind of <laughs> complex list. I'll try and read it out. Hopefully you can stay with me. So this army was the Bjornings. Uh, 22 <laughs> models, 6 bow. The first half of the doubles team was Bayorn, leading 7 Bayornings with Axe and three Bayornings with Bow. The other half of the doubles team was Grimbeorn, leading seven Bayornings, three Bayornings with Bow. Um, it is a complicated list to play with. I will, yeah. I've will. i tried it myself, like Bayornings, and it is it is like very difficult. There's a lot of micromanaging. And it, it does well at like doubles. Subtleties to it. Yeah. I think it's a fine list. I uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts about uh, bears really. I think they do what they do. They do what they do. Days more of a twink man. Yeah, yeah. They're very they're very much uh, like pretty solid. Uh, I think they fall into a sim for me. I think they fall into a similar kind of bracket as. Um, you can. I think you can always like with bears. You can always grind them down. That's the problem yeah. with them. I, solid, I completely agree with not, you, Dave competitively strong now and confirm uh, having played against yeah. this we did get ground down <laughs> so i grinded I'd, down or i described both kind of bay awnings and angmar to steal a 40k turn they're basically gatekeeper lists they're yeah. kind of when they're played even reasonably well they will beat all the the poorly constructed armies they'll beat all the less good players but when you come up, if you're using them, when you come up against an experienced player who knows how to kind of approach the game, then the weaknesses of the list really shine through. Yeah. And I think Bears and Angmar are both very similar there certain in that tools. sense. Yeah. Certain tools just fully undermine them. But it's cool. Like they're 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 not like they're not here to be oppressive, really. They're just here to be smashy. And I think that's fine. Um yeah. you know. They're I think not, it's a really cool army. Yeah, I think they're they're, they're fortunate that yeah. the vast majority, apart from Bjorn and Bjorn Bear form, every model in the army is amazing to look at, yeah. which helps. It's not a bad model. It's just yeah. not as nice as the Forge World Bear, not as nice as the yeah. Forge World models. I think yeah, 
Oh, I was going to say these gentlemen. This was Andy Hamblin's uh, list. Mm. Um, so anyone who hasn't yeah. heard the name Andy Hamblin, yeah. huh. where have you been? He's one of yeah. the GBHL's best painted winners uh, at a lot of tournaments that he goes to. He, not the last South- year, baby. The, <laughs> South- <laughs> Southwest is, the Southwest has traditionally been his stomping ground. I think he's based uh, somewhere in the Southwest. Yeah. So he moved away, John. Mm. So Apologies, we we I didn't read out. So this team had a fantastic name, uh, too hot to bear, uh, and it, the team was Andy Hamblin and Charlie Francis. Yeah, shout out to them. We we we've poked fun at their bear army list, but that's not their fault. It's a symptom of bears being overplayed a bit. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say there. I wouldn't say there was any poking fun to be had about that. I don't think you know. It's not a complicated list. There's literally it's no still, it's still the, the grinder references are still just coming through strong here. <laughs> I think anyway. I think just just nipping back to the uh nipping back to the uh the list again, it is it, you do always see a very similar list at X point levels. Um mm-hmm. and it does just come down to player skill and not only were these uh these lovely gentlemen fun to play against, they also did play very well, clearly. Um so say what you like about bears. It does actually take some skill. You can't just plug and play it. Come at me in the comments below. Tell that to Ed Ball when he... Uh... When he what? Are you going to finish the sentence there? Or... Yeah. I was hoping the rest of you would laugh. Uh, I was making <laughs> a joke that Ed didn't need any skill to win the Warhammer World GT last year with Bears. That was only half of the games with yeah. Bears. Yeah. Black Riders did the side, wasn't it? We'll yeah. see if Ed listens to the pod and he'll call me out in the comments. Hi, Ed. He's probably got better things to do. Uh, our second place list moving swiftly on maybe I'll cut all this uh, was Angmar again Uh, it's right of that fell kingdom I'm not I'm not cutting in the uh, he's back not cutting in he's back Voldemort's back and now we're going to get demonetized so in this Angmar list we've got 52 models led by the witch king of Angmar with the crown of Morgul a horse, three might, five extra will for 15 in total and three fate. There's a trend there with how you build the Witch King. Um, seven Angmar Orcs with shield, seven Angmar Orcs with spear, an Angmar Orc with banner and spear and a Deadmar Spectre. Yeah. Rounding out this half of the doubles team is a Barrow White leading five Orcs with shield, five Orcs with spear. On the other side of the team, we've got the big flappy boy himself, Gullivard, leading five Angmar Orcs with shield, four Angmar Orcs with spear, an Orc with a bow and spear, and a Deadmar Spectre, and finally an Orc Captain with shield, four Orcs with shield, four Orcs with spear, an Orc with spear and bow, and then two Wild Riders. See, it's Angmar. This is basically how I expect Angmar to be built. This is the version that doesn't take the shade. At 800, it's pretty hard to get Witch King, Gullivar, and a shade. Yeah. Most of the time, people are up for Birdo for that reason. Um... I think partly this is like doubles. I think taking a shade to a slightly less, more chilled out event can sometimes get you a bit of a, well, your opponents are probably going to roll their eyes at you a little bit because shades aren't that fun to play against. Um, I mean, a shade as well benefits when your whole army's kind of clumped together. The fact that yeah, a lot of the double scenarios split you in half. Yeah, yeah, that is the one thing that this list does really well is that the other half of the list that's not the primary force, which we did play some double scenarios and some standard scenarios at this tournament, which was a very, very, very good choice from Dan and Dave um, to actually not do all the double scenarios because some of them aren't great. 
um, is that the half of the army that will be deployed away from the other half of the army, well, obviously they're always deployed half and half, um, has March and Gulivar. So yeah. if it needs to catch up, it absolutely can. Yeah, and Gulivar's a precious baby and I love him. Yeah. I, I think this is fine. I think it's cool. Um, plenty of like 52 bods is great at 800 it's pretty much bang where you want to be considering most of this is going to be d5 d4 uh, shout out the two random guys with bows big fan of that um, couple of honesty bows is always nice well yeah. I mean I this is a tangent but at, at WTC a couple of years ago I lost my witch king's horse to the one Angmar guy with a bow he took yeah. one shot Hit went through like three in the ways, went down and killed my witch king's horse, which meant he couldn't well, get away from Gulliver. I think was... every player that's played for long enough oh. has a story of their like couple of bows <laughs> doing that kind of, same kind of thing. Whatever the most important horse target is. Yeah, exactly. What hurt yeah. more, Dave? The the trackers at finale or that? The trackers at the finale, John. Of course. <laughs> right, I think I don't I know. I'm just being mild tonight. I'm very I haven't played any doubles to be honest, and like, uh, so I don't understand how the scenarios work so well. But having that as two halves, I'm guessing it's the top two and the bottom two. Yeah. Neither yeah. of those do I want in even my front or back, if that makes sense. Like, as in, neither of those options are my particular looking forward to playing against. Yeah. As, as uh, a 400 points player. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, doubles. I mean, this all synergizes nice together. That's why Angmar Angmar is also Angmar doesn't really have alliances, but Angmar Angmar is a popular doubles alliance because. It splits into two quite nicely. At a stand, basically, a standard Angmar list at 800 splits fairly nicely into two pieces. And also, those two pieces synergize, like Stephen was saying. So, mm. it's a good choice. Yeah. They went four and one with this. Any, well, they also, I think mm. they were one of the Angmar teams that played Angmar three times this tournament. So, <laughs> Angmar, Angmar. Yeah. Well, how, how would you tackle Gulliver, Dave? Uh, He's got weak ankles. <laughs> you can't shoot it. Maybe knees. <laughs> Actually, this this is the funny thing about Gulliver is he's actually really vulnerable to other Angmar players because Deadmar Spectres, Gulliver spends his time at Courage 3, which is good. But when you can't really afford to spend his might on that, if he gets he can get pulled a really long way out of position if you just throw Spectres at him every turn. Yeah, whoever Gulliver fails a Resistor Magic test or gets brought out with the Spectre first uh, can be in trouble. Also, he Bad hates time. Morgul Blades, amusingly. If so, if, if you do have a Morgul Blade and you just shank Gully with him, he dies in one because he's got no fate. Yeah, and a 5 plus as well. Yeah, it's quite easy. Yeah, it's not that hard. You have to get above 5 7, but yeah. So I think we'll skip through the winning list from this tournament because nobody's really interested in it. So our I next have... tournament. Oh, fine. We'll, we'll give no. him a shout out. He's playing uh, with Faramir. Look at those handsome gentlemen. I love uh, the Golems Gamers. This, Shout out yeah. to the fourth best podcast in the country. Is Golems Gamers <laughs> A as well? Are we saying these are the top tier of the Golems Gamers? I would, James. I assume they'll follow like things like the England rugby team. You have the England rugby team, who are the first team, and then you have England A, who are the second team. So I assume <laughs> these are the, the second string Golems Gamers. And we've obviously, well, I, I we've was obviously looking got, for... We've got Biggs and Sam at number as the proper team. For any podcast listeners, we've got Ash Wolger and James Goebbels who took the win in this tournament. Their list is a Minas Tirith army with 52 models, 17 bows. They've got Hurin the Tall leading two Guard of the Fountain Court, three Warriors Minas Tirith with shield, 
one warrior with banner and spear, four rangers with spear, and two mounted knights of Minas Tirith. Then they've got Iralas, captain of the guard, leading six warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, two warriors with shield and spear, four more rangers with spear. And in the second half of their doubles alliance, they've got Faramir on the horse with lance and a shield, two more guard of the fountain court, three warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, one warrior of Minas Tirith with banner and spear, four rangers of Gondor with spear, a knight of Minas Tirith with shield, and a warrior with shield and spear. And finally, they've got Madril, leading six warriors with shield, two warriors with shield and spear, and four rangers with spear. Oh, just a slight here? correction to this list, um, and it's not your fault uh, previously in turn. Um, the leader is actually Faramir. Uh, yeah. It wasn't particularly clear on their Longshanks thing until you scroll all the way to the bottom past the 56,000 models that they have in the list. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make any sense for Huron to be the leader, but it's good to confirm that. Yeah. Um, because technically he can be, which would be quite silly. Uh, love this. Uh, I think my favorite thing about it is that all the warbands are the same, apart from one of Faramir's warbands. It ha- the knight doesn't have a horse; he's just a guy with spear and shield instead. Other than that, this is completely symmetrical, which I I'm I'm just a sucker for that. I think it's fun um both parts do the same thing as well you have a mounted hero who's sort of pretty good but not really and you've got a foot marching guy um shout out Iralas. doesn't get used that much because madril's kind of better but i like him i think he's a fun model um and yeah it's just bods uh i think pretty cool that they managed to win with this uh i saw they were playing against Dewey evans and sean creed for the the win i think i think they went four and a draw yeah, uh, and uh, amusingly, I saw that they had six VP diff positive at the end of the whole thing. I saw that on Longshanks, which is hilarious, um, which means that they managed to win with lots of marginal wins. But I mean, if you look at this list, you tell me how exactly that's going to blow anyone out, um, which makes it even cooler that they managed to win. No Boromir, no nothing, just a ton of boys. Oh, yeah, so um, Dewey and Sean's list had like a lot. Of, I think Sean's half was like all Lake Town. Yeah, it was. Dewey's was all like. Wharf Heroes. I think it was eight Bruins Company. Yeah, it was. I think it was a lot of strikers, a lot of fight five, a lot of like. Yeah, I've got a lot of might here to do shit, and yeah, it's a cool list. I um, Um, well done for winning with this. I would say lots of shooting. It's just basically you just have to pilot it good and hope you get lucky. (laughs) Roll well. Very cool. The very interesting thing about this list, as already mentioned, their VP diff was quite small. Uh, yeah. They had the same total victory points as the team in 16th place, at 16th <laughs> out of 30. Damn, so they that's... got a total of 20 VPs, uh, 16th place, which is the next team down on 20 VPs. So Damn. shout out Nothing the uh, Columns Gamers, just winning, winning as four... much as they needed to. Winning four so games. Happy. With so few victory points. I think they of six. They beat Dewey Evans and Sean Creed with a single wound on the master Smart. as a 1-0 victory. Now that's so. efficient right there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, waste it. Well done, boys. Quick note about the tournament. Firstly, if you've got a chance to go to Clubbles, Defense of the North next year, do go. It was great. Uh, we raised over £100 for Water Raid charity um, oh, well, with the well. help of uh, Dan and Dave and also... Uh, Dan's partner Linda, who was making some lovely Swedish baked goods. Um, so yeah, shout out you two um, for both hosting a great tournament and also the charity work. Well done. Lovely. Yeah. Should we look at our third tournament of the weekend? 
for Death and Glory, GBHL 90, uh, held the Saltire Games in Dundee. The TO was Thomas Sherlock. They played four games of 500 points, 26 players duked it out. Most sporting was won by Frederick Needle, and best painted was won by Alex Bordas. Bordeaux, Bordas, Bordas, uh, Bordas, and he took, uh, looks like, uh, Pits Pit. of Dog Will Do, uh, lovely painted, uh, Ooh, nice bit banner. of terrain on the display board. Very nice. That banner, yeah, banner is banner. great as well. Using yeah. the metal banner on a hunter orc is a great choice. I bet that model falls over a lot, though. <laughs> it might be fine cast, actually, which would probably be easier for the conversion. Yeah. Nice, really nice freehand on it as well. Uh, the yeah, white bark looks good. Hand. It looks it looks white, obviously, but it's dirty as well. It's a nice job on the white bark. Yeah, I I didn't want. I resisted painting white on mine. I painted mine black instead because I thought I don't want to paint a white bark. So I'm always impressed when I see one that's been painted really nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love seeing mountain hunter orcs because they're usually not worth taking because they're kind of awkwardly pointed for a, for a profile that's so amazing. So it's cool to see the models. Like, just you don't see them very much. So I like seeing them, especially when they're painted as nicely as that. Shout out to the generation shift bases he's used. I'm a fan of them as well. They're really mm. nice. So third place at this event was won by uh, Ian McGregor. He's Mr. taken McGregor. a lovely, fluffy... Hello there. Arnold... <laughs> Sorry, uh, Arnold Misty Mountains uh, uh, Alliance. Uh, he's got Arva Dewey, nine Warriors of Arnor, three Rangers with Spear. Malbeth, nine Warriors of Arnor, three Rangers with Spear. And then the second best flappy boy in the game, or my second favourite, Gwahir. Uh, nice. I really like this list. Um, this is exactly the kind of thing that I think I'd enjoy playing. Yeah. John's okay. like, it's the kind of yellow bullshit that you you absolutely love. Is this because Arnor like strikes at certain points levels and five hundred isn't one of them? I think that you could do worse than if you need something to hold down a Guajir. If you want to run a Guajir at five hundred points, which is basically how you start with something like this, if you want to get any numbers down, there's not really now that Lake Town is 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 hard to ally with Lake Town. Uh, army of lake town um arnor isn't a terrible choice that it's not going to march anywhere but really at 500 points all you want is a block to be like hello we're here we're going to stand in front of you while guai does his thing uh Arvadui also is actually deceptively really really good for his points in a lot of ways he's three attacks mm. strength four fight five strike i th think he has defense or i might be i might be imagining that but for a hero of valor uh, uh, who also leads some of the most points-efficient troops in the game, he's pretty good yeah. at, at 70 points. Yeah, and while this army's only kind of, it's only got 24 warriors, the way that kind of the five-up feel-no-pain type save will work, you'll you'll say pass a third of them, so that's suddenly 32 wounds you have to do. Yeah. And then those extra eight wounds that are prevented, another third of those will be prevented. Yeah. So it's almost like kind of running a 35-model army. Compare but, that to the Lake Town kind of build of wow, yeah. uh, 39 models. You're only four models off. These guys are two points higher yeah. defense. Uh, same fight with the Master Banner. but What I would say is he hasn't spent all of his points, so zero points out of 10. 
Arvadui does have defense, yeah. He does have defense, and there's also his 80 points. I got that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got a top and stand fast, which even when you don't aren't giving the fearless because it's the yellow, it's still good. Um, he himself is high courage as well. He's courage five. Uh, he's good value. He's good value. I um, yeah. I mean, like you could. I wasn't mostly joking about spending those points. Really, all you could do is maybe drop two spears, three spears from the rangers to get a hobbit in, which maybe would be worth it. Or I think I'd probably just give a couple of the warriors axes if I could be bothered. Just or a flail. Be... Yeah, or a flail. <laughs> but it really doesn't matter. Stuffs. Yeah. Well, I, I really like this list. Well done, Ian. I think a lot of that's personal, personal see preference. Gonna, see if this is going to come down to the masters when he, when he shows up. <laughs> Uh, second place is another fun, fluffy list. Uh, we've got the Dragon Emperor, uh, Legion. So 26 models. We've got the big Emps himself leading, five Black Dragons with Shield, nine Black Dragons with Pike, three Black Dragon Cataphracts with Weapon Swap, I assume, Axes, uh, and then one Dragon Car Acolyte with Weapon Swap to an Axe. And then in the second warband, we've got a Dragon Knight leading a... Black Dragon Cataphract with a drum, two Black Dragons with Shield, and three Black Dragons with Pike. It's a pretty kind of compact Dragon Emperor list. I imagine this army wants yeah. to fight as one big pipe block, kind of be super efficient. I mean, I think the, the three weapon-swapped Cataphracts immediately jump out at me. Um, mm. So this is interesting. He's gone for, he's got a Dragon Knight on horse, um, there's been a bit of a popularity surge in Foot Dragon Knights lately uh, off of the back of Ali King and later Matt Light's uh, decision to run lots of them. I think it's a decent decision. Mm. I think it's a good second hero. I think the horses make sense because armoured horses are quite expensive, but he's clearly got a pretty solid cavalry contingent. I think it's interesting that his war drum is with his Dragon Knight and not with his Emperor, and the Cataphracts are with the Emperor, not with the, not with the Dragon Knight. I think if it was me, I'd probably... Um, try and get as much of the Dragon Knights warband mounted as possible, so that uh, it was more of a little flanking unit. But I guess yes, it really maybe he's much. hedging his bets a bit, so he's got a bit of mobility. In each. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I just think the um, the uh, infantry block does far better when it's connected to the Emperor. But I mean, actually, that's the same as true with the Cataphracts. I think it's a nice choice. He's gone for the heavy cab option, a hammer and anvil. Um, I do think this list is a lot better at 500 than it is at 450. I've seen people try and run it at 450 and you just don't quite get the bodies. 26 is small, but it's manageable. So uh, our... Really tough. This is a really tough D6 list. Yeah. With the 12-inch yeah. banner for survivability, you can never underestimate how much a banner and fight five helps you stay alive because if you're not losing fights, yeah. you're not dying. Well, you're winning most fights, aren't you, in most cases? Yeah. What one thing I would consider is dropping one of the cataphracts down to an acolyte with an axe, drop the armored horse, and you can get two more bods. Twenty-eight. That would be interesting. I don't think it's necessarily better. I think that was that's purely a choice. But I think I, I, think I, I... it's max warbands already. So is it? Yeah. Oh, so it is. Yeah, don't do that then. It's eighteen Our, uh... and six and two. So yeah, yeah, fair. Oh. Oh, Our work. esteemed viewers wanted more kind of tactical insight from Dave, but Jordan specifically. How do you beat the uh, Dragon Emperor Legendary Legion? I think you've had well, some I've success. Well, it's not a 500 it. points, to be fair, John, but uh, <laughs> the higher points I've always found the Marcher is fantastic. <laughs> Especially when you misplace your Dragon Emperor so readily in both games. 
I found the woman chair is a fantastic piece <laughs> to be the Dragon Emperor. The only thing holding you back then is not having a spare 80 mil base to do your shenanigans with. Which Again, I've had on both occasions, to be fair. If anyone would like to buy a Dragon Emperor army, please comment below. <laughs> or it is a beautifully painted Dragon Emperor army as well. Is, is yours for sale, good. John? Because, you know. We'll trade it for my Isengard that you released me for 10 years ago. Sure. No, Probably that was about 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. God, we're old. Uh, right. All right. Moving swiftly on before we uh, cry about how old we are. Um, Finley Staniforth did what Ali King could not and won oh. a tournament with Army of Dunland. He's got 34 models, zero bows, because there were no shootings for chumps. Lead in the pack is Thryden Wolfsbane, one Dunlending warrior, with shield, banner, and two-handed axe, five Dunlending warriors with shield, three Huskarls, one Crabane for that crazy mobility that the Golems gamers love, one yeah. Dunlending horseman, and two wildmen at Dunland. Then he's got uh, the budget Carl Drogo Gorov Ironskin, leading five Dunlending warriors, three Huskarls, one horseman, two more wildmen. And finally, the Wildman Oathmaker, six Wildmen of Dunland, and one Wildman with a two-handed axe. It's Dunland. I, yeah. I well, 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 Dunland, I'd say. Yeah, firstly, Finley, you're an absolute <laughs> beast. You, you've you've absolutely smashed it there. Uh, meta what? No, this is the meta. Um, why is there a shield and two-handed axe on the? Yeah, first? I was. I was literally about to say that because uh, that means you lose the, the defense warrior. bonus. Right? You lose the defense bonus in combat. I'm seventy percent sure that's not a typo from me. I think I well, I, mean, like, options? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to overfocus on that because it's not really that relevant. But I just yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't put that two hundred axe on one of the other wild men. But I mean, whatever. Uh, this is fine. Solid. He's specced into a few more world men to bump up the numbers. I think people memeing on this list are overselling how bad it is. I think it's got like some pretty dodgy synergies in it. Like the the Huskals are famously garbage for what what you pay. But um I don't think there's anything wrong with the list. I think it's not highly competitive, but this is exactly the kind of list that can do well at a four game tournament with the right matchups. Um, I'm frankly impressed that the Scots still had the energy to play a semi-competitive tournament the week after coming back from the WTC, but uh, those guys love this game, so fair play to him. Well done to Finley as well, because I know he's been really gunning for his first uh, win recently. He was really going hard at the end of last year, so it's cool to see it paying off. Apologies. Represented if Scotland at the uh, he did, that other WTC. international team tournament. The one yeah. that's not quite as good, and a lot yeah. of people boycotted this year. Yeah. Oh, well. because the host is you know the host we're not is... we're not a tea podcast yet when i get my way we'll become just the gbhl gossip podcast but until then congratulations to finley yeah. and let's look at the kind of wider meta that's starting to develop in 2024 uh there is one small typo on this uh sheet the two wins attributed to isengard should be struck from the record and that should just be placed with jacharya um, <laughs> he's carrying the Isengard faction so this kind of very lovely graph shows Saruman? us it's potentially possible. I've never seen him but... and Saruman in the same room infamously yeah. he has a very nice voice so, <laughs> Kurinir where are you uh, yeah. well, we'll have to see how, how far his stand fast reaches and whether it affects heroes <laughs> or not 
I, also, whether he's affected by heroic moves from Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this graph, we've got 100, GBHL 100 podiums in blue, GBHL 90 podiums in orange, and then sorted by first by 100 wins and then by total wins. So, uh, sorry, then by 90 wins. So we've got leading the pack for 100 wins is Isengard with two. This isn't wins, but this is podiums. Sorry, podiums. Uh, And then a few things like Army of Lake Town, Army of Dunland, Grand Army of the South, Rise of Third, and Theodore's Guard, Varegs of Cannes. They're currently making up the GBHL 100 podiums. So probably not what we would have placed money on at the start of the year, but still... I would have said Army of Lake Town, yes, but the others... that Grand Army of the South is very misleading as well because he only played one game with it out of seven. Yeah. Um, but what I, w- what I would say is um, this is actually not that surprising to me because traditionally um, the GBHL calendar has ended up being very low point heavy in the early parts of the year and high point heavy in the later parts of the year. Um, I don't really know why that is. I... I think partially it's because Into the West, which is a kind of a foundational tournament, has been 450 for its entire existence. And that happens in January usually. And maybe people want to play other small games because they have a lot of stuff bouncing around and they're a bit easier to organize. Uh, maybe people are a bit keener for little little tournaments uh, as the year gets going to sort of amp themselves up for any new New Year painting projects some Christmas presents maybe. So Army of Lake Town in particular is exactly where I expected to see it at this point of the year because it kicks ass at small points and sort of falls off as you get bigger, everything above 600. I wouldn't expect to see it represent quite so much. And then for the podcast listeners, um, the 90 kind of podiums, I say dominated, but we're still early in the season. We've got three and podiums for Minas Tirith, two each for Angmar, Assault of Lothlorien, Depths of Moria, they've both been at high point 90s, uh, Host of the Dragon Emperor and the Serpent Horde. And then there's a smattering of armies on one podium each. Yeah. Still early days. going to be on there for the whole year, though, which I love. Yeah. Bang in. Still early days, probably not a huge amount of conclusions that we can kind of draw from there. But what's what's kind of the next big 90 in the ca- big 100, sorry, in the calendar? Next big 100 in the calendar is the yeah. GT. Yeah. Uh, which will be in two weeks. Yeah. So that's 700 uh, points. Well, no, next, next weekend. Yeah, Sorry. 24th, 25th of February. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. That's traditionally 700 points good v evil. Um, I assume they haven't changed that. I don't know why they would, um, because it's been that way for ages. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty seminal event. Um, I'll be interested to see what comes out of it. It might be a bit harder to get some uh, direct information on lists, so we're probably going to have to be on it for that. Yeah. But uh what do you think our listeners should be expecting to come up against? What should they kind of think about teching for? Anything in particular, Dave? Uh, 700 is good v evil city. Uh, sorry, uh, but uh, certain things work way better in good v evil. So Angmar traditionally does pretty well in good v evil because the good side don't have access to certain things. Uh, 700 points is not fabulous for Angmar, uh, if you're a Gullivar enjoyer anyway, but you can get a pretty solid setup. Um, good side... Oh, actually, another thing. Isengard's pretty good. And maybe bring your blinding light. Uh, Pure Isengard or defend, or sorry, Assault? Um, that, at 700, that's pure flavour, but uh, I think Assault really comes into its own at 700. Having said that, 
if people are anticipating shooting, which I think they should be, because shooting meta is bloody everywhere at the minute, expect Shadow Lords, expect Blinding Light, which means that maybe you don't want to bank, mm -hmm. you know, bet the farm on your crossbows killing a bunch of stuff. Sure. Um, well, because I think that would be a sensible meta read. So we should uh, start to wrap things up. Dave's hot take of the week, plan for shooting if you go into a big tournament. My uh, my hot take of the week is uh, to the oh. GT, if you're taking good, take Glorfindel, a Rivendell captain, and Kierden, and a bunch of elves. Um, you'll you be good to evil list. About every tournament. No, no, no. I'm saying take Glorfindel. <laughs> I never say Glorfindel. take Glorfindel. That's, that's not a Stephen Denby original. I hate Glorfindel, yeah. but he's really good in good evil, as is Kierden. All right, right, Jordan, what's your hot take? My hurt take is probably uh, 700 points is good Mario uh, levels for the Watcher. Um, yeah. Give Mario a chance. All the more reason to bring your blinding light, people. All the Mario reason to bring... Whoa! Rome. Damn, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's go to <laughs> everyone's favourite part of the pod. Our viewer and oh, listener okay. questions and comments. Uh with the return of the intern, we've now got flashy animations for these, so buckle your seatbelts and get ready. Uh, we can... Are we skipping this one, or are we going to read it out? i uh, read it out. David Cudley, David Gravy, um, says, just commenting um, in the hope you read it out. Favourite Gondor hero? Irales, because he's got the coolest model. Boromir Lance, no horse. He's cooking. Uh, Denethor because he's the closest to flying which is the most similar to Gulliver oh. uh, Faramir Prince of Athelion uh, the uh, old mounted model yeah. that was in a uh, made to order very cool model that it's the only good Faramir model apart from the new plastic one yeah. there we go Dave I'm not going to ask you to rate us because frankly we don't care I do uh Jordan O'Brien in 7XZ says, the best of AH, love heart. I assume that's in reference to me not being there. Who could possibly uh, that have been? <clears throat> These comments are taken from a bat rap instead of the... Yeah, that was, not, that was not from this video. That was a different... uh, so we're, we're expanding. We are rewarding that was about you viewers actually, sorry. for commenting on not just the podcast, but also commenting on the bat reps. I think you mean uh, we don't have enough comments on the podcast. <laughs> It's all about how you spin it, Stephen. <laughs> um, Into the West commented on the battle report, not last week's podcast. If everyone's Witch King acted like Elliot's, no one would complain about Witch King Sully. Fun game, guys. Uh, thank you, Into the West. We're big fans of your podcast as well. If you want to know what Elliot's Witch King did, uh, go watch the bat rep. Yeah, also find out why you well. shouldn't be charging single hunter orcs at a time with your Witch King. Clue, it's a waste of will and you might die. <laughs> uh, this is again related to the uh, <laughs> battle report. Uh, that was a blast of the past. It's hero time. Hero time. Hero uh, time. That'll only make sense if you watch the bat rep. So we'll shill ourselves, go watch the bat rep. It, it was a good bat rep. Thanks, Ted. Uh, more chat about the bat rep. John with that beer at the start is a vibe I'm all in on. I aspire to be that happy. Uh, that was purely a act uh, in front of the camera. When I'm not on camera, I'm a cold, dark shadow. You'll man. also notice how big, uh, sorry, how small that pint glass <laughs> looks in John's hands as well. It's just yeah. to show how big John's hands are. It's terrifyingly you know large. What do you say about big hands? Well, he's a nine foot tall man. 
It makes yeah. sense. Uh, eventually, we'll get a comment about the pod. Uh, Leon uh, says, nice spicy list with a double caster and lots of terror. Hunter Hawk showing once again how strong they are at low points. Nice bat rep. He wants to see Razgoosh and Dark Denizens. Uh, we could try and make that work. I think I've got Razgoosh. I've got Razgoosh literally within reach somewhere. Yeah. So we can do that. I've I've got a Spider Queen in the process of Any, being painted. Anything so, yeah, purely anything. purely fluffy reasons, right, John? Not for anything competitive, I would hope. Uh, I'm sure I can find some fucking scenario <laughs> that uses the Spider Queen, or just make one up. Uh, <laughs> let's go to our next one. I still don't, I don't know anymore if this is the pod or the. I think this is actually the podcast from memory. Any heroics versus Gollum's gamers, MES. BG test series. Now that's a great idea, uh, uh, but Ash, I'm not part of any heroics, unfortunately. Well, we've got you with the cage games. James, so yeah, it'll be Sam, open. Vince, and Adam are all welcome to come up to Cambridge whenever they fancy to do some testing or pop over to Bristol and we'll film some games. Just have a those time. five? Any of the others? Or well, Ali's not a real member; he's just there for yeah. clout. And I guess uh, Ben and Jay—they're probably too busy. So, yeah, they're, they're just better. Pretty than... far away as well. And that's that. that's all the members, yeah. isn't it? That is all. Yeah, the, I think yeah, so. All I think so. Yeah. If we get them down to big and do, if, a, do a proper test series, if we forget somebody, then they're not important. Um, we've got uh, Razy Jellen asking: Were the siege engines banned during the Grand Prix? And if yes, uh, would you say it's usual case in GB? Uh, so I think this is from an not banned. international viewer. So thank you for. Yeah. For branching out, I think 600 points isn't a particularly appealing points level for siege engines. They Basically. weren't banned, though, were they? No, they, they weren't, weren't banned. banned. Um, They're never banned, but well, very rarely. 600 points. You might see some Isengard ballistas, but you're not going to see any of the others. Maybe a Gondor bolt for air from some maverick who likes them, like a, an Ashley Walker character, or a Trebuchet or a, from James Gable, or a Ned Merrick likes his bolt throwers as well. I know that, um, but I don't think spending a tenth of your army on something that might only hit once in two games is really worth it but certain setups like crossbow spam might make it worth it also hey, you, you um, told me the... to buy a mordor siege catapult because it's cracked i wanted it if i'd won the gp i would have taken it <laughs> the uh when we looked at the meta if you go back to the previous podcast where we did it um i think it was episode three um the meta for 600 points is just numbers Hunter Ox yeah. and numbers, you're not getting value out of a siege weapon, unfortunately. You haven't quite got to the points level where everyone's going to have something good to shoot at yet. Yeah. So. Right, our next uh, comment is, again, talking about the battle report. <laughs> at this point, you just need to go and watch the battle report to understand these yeah, That's true. John uh, edited a battle report. It was very good. Go watch it. We're very proud of him. I'm a very proud farmer. Proud farmer? I do farmer. thumbs up way too many times in the battle report. Uh, the only JP says, I missed the intern. Uh, any heroics replied, we always try and reply to our fans. I know he really is the glue that holds the whole thing together. Well, then luckily... you also, you know, you cut off the. So, if you're wondering why a section was just muted, it's because Stephen said something very rude. Um... <laughs> Um, uh, yes, yeah. uh, I think. Thank intern... you for whoever commented. 
the intern is welcome <laughs> back whenever he feels like he doesn't have to be a doctor or something stupid like that. The fact that we haven't figured out who the JP1 is, or the only JP1 is yet, is actually like mental. It's the biggest I bet, he's, I bet he's mates O'Brien. with uh, Jordan O'Brien. Yeah, I think I think we're going to have so to get like, the, the mystery gang. It's, and it's like that mystery case. blogger yeah. on the uh, GBHL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, we've got another comment oh, from Leon. Leon uh, is our number one fan. We'll have to, if you don't already have a load of any heroic dice, Leon, next time we see you, we'll sort you out. I'll tell you what, um, they've got at least a couple because we played them at doubles. So him and Laura both have at least one, I think. Oh, lovely. Well, we'll have to get some more to you. We'll give you some of the ones that roll bad. Um, All of them. Yeah, I was going to say, apart from that one that rolled nothing but sixes. Yeah. Uh, Leon says, love to hear from you guys again. We're here every week, my friend. So happy to see Candice Chariots coming out on top. Uh, shout out to Jakob, kind of well. steamrolling everybody. It was, Jakob Crookmile, cool. Definer, very cool. Uh, oh, this is an edited very... Whoa! Uh, oh, oh, I remember what this says. So this is yeah. uh, this was Dan Stewart, who's um, wonderful, great beast of Gorgoroth. We were fawning over. Uh, he was. Uh, I was amusing aloud about whether or not that was bits of a dragon emperor or if it was a three D print. And apparently, he modelled it himself, and it is a custom piece, which is frankly amazing. Great it's job. Even more impressive. He even says he doesn't think he could take it to a GW tournament, but I happen to know that I think that is allowed. If you did it yourself and if it's not like yeah. and you'd have not done any IP infringement. In in the rules packs they say you can use 3D printed stuff if you've designed them yourself. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure percent of people it's also like, a prize we've got on for the best comment for next week's podcast, is that right? <laughs> yeah, and donated his great piece. Yeah. Comment, anything yeah. for comments. No, um, yeah. it was amazing, honestly. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem at Warhammer World. I'm like 85% yeah. sure. Maybe double check. But that kind of hobbying is exactly the kind of thing. Like, I feel like yeah. that's what Games Workshop wishes Should everyone to with their 3D printers. They're like, Should oh, be yes, encouraging as well, beautiful yeah. ad- additional bits to put on your official expensive miniatures rather than, you know, alternatives to them. But I mean, if you've if you've bought loads of nice bits and converted them all together to make one piece, that's perfect for them because you bought like three kits to make one thing. <laughs> it's good I job. think uh, we're going to need to uh, hire another intern. Oh God, what's happened? Yeah, uh, it's been a long week. Um, that comment is talking about oh. referencing how you guys differentiating pipes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this commenter. Um, just uses loom bands which i think is probably one of the most sensible. i think that's fine i think loom bands i personally i don't love loom bands either but if you're gonna have some black dragons some not black dragons like there's no actually good way to do that like there's no way that it's gonna be complete without any kind of confusion even if you use the official models which is what people would like um i just it's just not like they don't look different enough you know um, you can do yeah, different paint agreed. schemes, but even that can become confusing. Different paint schemes is probably my favourite, but even then, it, it doesn't stand out loads. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Also, uh, I wouldn't. Sorry. I was. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't want someone what? to feel like they could <laughs> mix and match their armies and have slightly more or less black dragons from game to game. I think that's very inexpensive way to hobby. Sorry, Stephen, I interrupted. I was going to say exactly the same thing. GW sell their Black Dragons at £48 for six or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's expensive. Get out of here. Just uh, no. For me, I think 
um you know perfect world is like they use the official models and they're painted differently but realistically uh, as long as i can some way to differentiate that isn't too doesn't involve me jumping through too many mental hoops i don't mind my ukrainian mate shout out was sponsored by them as well um sells black dragons very cheap well that doesn't solve the other problems though does it <laughs> he also sells standard these things even cheaper so. <laughs> yeah we could get a sponsorship uh, there that would be quite fun i wouldn't know anything about something like that yeah uh our final two comments hey, it's on um, top. whoa it's would you rather have one thousand pounds or 100 gbhl league points uh this is in reference to an event hosted at Element Games, a non-GBHL event, uh, where first place is for £1,000. However, there's some controversy surrounding the event. We won't I'd comment always any take the £1,000, well, uh, given that I'm probably never going to achieve 100 GBHL points. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I've, get enough, I've got enough 100 points. £1,000 would go a long way. Well, apparently, Dave, not enough 100 points. <laughs> well, I was going to say, maybe at the end of last year, I'd have considered that. Like after, right after Jake won the finale, I might have considered start dropping a thousand pounds on another hundred. It, it depends which a hundred GBH or league points. If it comes with a sword, um, then yes, I would take yeah, the hundred GBH or points. Thousand pounds can be used to purchase swords. So. Yeah, but it's about the it's about the have the feeling of winning the sword. Um, in it's response to the question, it also depends on what type of tournament it is and who's hosting it because and how many players have signed up. Yeah, how many players have signed up? I think competing directly for money is. If and inspire some potentially unpleasant and playing. If places. something seems too good to be true, it maybe it is. Well, Our one, f- one thing I would say is this event for a while had had very, very few signups, I think due to a low amount of publicity. However, the host did recently double down and back their claim that they're going to put a thousand pounds on the table for the winner, despite the fact that the tournament had about five signups. I guess this is to try and get more people to sign up, but I'd be very interested to see if that turns out to be true. I'd love it. I'd love it if it was. But yeah, I respect I, that. Assuming the thing is happen. also not why a lot of us play the game is not to play. No. And again, also, if the tournament has only got five people before, if you then push the fact that it's a cash prize, the only people who are going to sign up are going to be chasing the cash prize, which again isn't necessarily going to be the best vibe. However, yeah. very interested to see how it plays out. I'd also be quite happy with an extra thousand pounds in my bank account. So, like, you know, it's it's it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, if it was local to me and I wasn't doing anything else that weekend, I might go try and win. <laughs> Our final question is from Pat D one one nine. Do you good. think Kazadum Kingdom or Moria can compete at events? He's thinking about a new army this year, and they're his favourite of the dwarf factions. Okay, I mean they have competed, haven't they? I, I mean Ali has won a thousand two fifty with pure Kingdom of Kazadum, but that's a little bit different. That was something like fifty. Eight dwarves. Did we not get a Moria list at some point? I was in Kingdom of Moria doing quite well in the last couple of podcasts. I have made that. Remember. I think Kingdom of Moria I... did uh, either win or podium a ninety recently. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as this man will attest, uh, Kazadum and Kingdom of Moria are actually factions that can. They do have legs. Uh, I would short say they're okay. legs, but so... you know, any faction in the right hands. Preferably with yeah. this man's hands. Yeah. Um, I think our well. 90 meta stats that we've got so far is doing a really good at showing that kind of any faction can compete in the right kind of the right scenarios come up on the day, the right matchups played well, anything can compete. Yeah. You've got to be a bit lucky. You've got to make the right plays, but 
one of the best things about this game is that everything has a reasonable chance. You well, might be having West could win, anything can. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I would say is, just to fill something in, Stephen turned his background to a picture of Ali King and was pointing at it when he said that, in case he went, uh, for those of you who don't have the video. Um, I, Ali and I have very similar opinions on this list, which is it's basically just a really solid battle line. Um, difficult to use because it doesn't have many spears. Uh, you basically have to use uh, Vault Wardens if you want to have spears, but heavy Vault Warden like, is a valid tactic. Iron Guard are excellent. Khazad Guard are really, really good. Um, cho- choosing between Kingdom of Moria and Kingdom of Khazad uh, is important, but I would personally, I would do it based on points level and how things work out. Barlin is pretty bad value, but he is relatively cheap. In a in a in an army list where the troops are the best thing about it, having a relatively cheap hero of legend, I say relatively because he's not that cheap, um, means that you can get more of the good stuff. And he also allows you access to Gimli and Dwarf Kings are excellent. King's Champion is really solid. Um, I think which one you take just depends on points level. And I think if you if you're going for pure, that's the only thing to consider. If you're going for uh, allies. I think elves are an excellent choice. Something like a dwarf king, king's champion, Galadriel, um, Guahir, with or Guahir, yeah. Well, I just think I, it's a shame the kingdom of Moria can't be allied like yellow even with Moria. Like it's the same kingdom. Yeah, uh, like, like different, I like, good and evil, but like they were historically kingdom. fighting at the same battles. Exactly. Why like, can't, they, they why can't we all together just get along, in a sense? Eh, why can't we yeah. all just get along? Why does the oh, Watcher have to eat the dwarves? Why can't he just be friends with them? Exactly. Think... And the Watcher would be a great thing for dwarves to have behind their line. Like, imagine that. Defense 7 with a Watcher like right behind. <laughs> Mama I know what I'd be playing. I know what I'd be playing. And but... on that bombshell, we will bring tonight's show to a close. Uh, thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Uh, Stephen, do you want to I was going to say you were doing my job for me. I was perfectly happy for you to do so, but you know, um, firstly, thank you all for watching slash listening. I remember to comment, like share, subscribe, uh, support your hobbit hobby, uh, shout out world champion, shout out Dan Hawkins, shout out Dave Tubley, uh, had a lovely weekend with you guys. Uh, also I guess Jamie Wiggins and Elliot Toad or whatever. Um, and remember to leave a comment and we will shout you out, please. We're desperate for comments, please. Questions are great because they give us things to talk about. Yeah, but, questions so good. If you want to say we're great, please do that as well. Yeah, stroke our egos. We need it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Catch you on the flippy flop. Chitter, chitter. Chitter, chitter. All right, cut the tape. The fact that we haven't figured out who the JP1 is, or the only JP1 is yet, is actually like mental. <laughs> <laughs>